badass. They, well, there probably is. I just found out, by the way, before we get started, I saw uh, my cousin. I have a cousin who's a musician, and she posted that she's going to be on stage opening for Foreigner uh, <gasps> next week. Yeah. Get out. No. You need to you need to get all the stories from her. <laughs> I'm serious. It's crazy. I'm like, what in the world? So uh, so yeah. So I and I'll be in Disney while she's rocking out with Foreigner. I'll be in Disney. But, I don't know. Those are two pretty good things. Yeah, it's a it's a you know it's a toss up. But anyhow, <laughs> all right. Here we go. We're going. We're going to get it started in three, two. Shotglassdigital.com. Do we want to get right? everyone and welcome to rock out loud this is the head-banging rebel son of geek out loud my name's steve glosson so glad to be along with you this is the show where we talk all about the music that we love and for some reason uh, the music i love runs headlong into the music that my co-host loves even though she's practically 20 years my junior Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, all the way from New Jersey, our good friend Kristen. Hello, everybody. How's it going? It's going good. I mean, still like, a, you know, a week ago, still on still on a little bit of a high from a week ago. It's just carrying over. You, I love it. You, uh, you, you were, oh, wow, that's a great transition there, Steve. You <laughs> went and, uh, you, you went and saw, uh, Rob Thomas. I did. Play live. And not only that, let's just get this out of the way right now. You met the guy. I met him. How did that go? <laughs> oh, it was awesome. Like, so I went the first night because he played twice. And I went the first night. <laughs> Wait, and... I just, I want, I love the text I received from you the next day where you're like, well, I may have, I may or may not have spontaneously bought tickets to the second night show. <laughs> I did because he didn't come out the first night, and the se- and then like he texted or he tweeted, you know, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, I had business meetings, and I'm sorry I didn't let you guys know that I wasn't coming out. I will come out tomorrow, I promise. So I was like, well, oh, Jesus, okay, what do I do? So I went on StubHub and I got a seat that sold for $139 for 82 bucks, and I was 14th wow. row. Wow. So yeah, so you cannot pass that up. So I was like, okay, you know what? This is meant to be. This is meant to be. I'm doing it. I'm going. I don't have work today. I'm going. And um, went there, got there, you know, not too early. I got there about an hour or I got there two hours before the show started and I parked my car. I parallel parked successfully. And yes, that's worth noting because it was the first time I'd ever tried it outside my driver's <laughs> test. And it was in a tight spot and I did it. Thank you. So what do you drive? What do you drive? I drive a 2006 Chrysler Sebring, a.k.a. a boat. Oh, well, I got me a car and it seats about 20. <laughs> It kind of could. Like, the backseat's very crazy big. <laughs> um, but I parallel parked it. It was very proud. And I just started, like, because I knew where the buses were. So 
I ended up like walking around and there was this mother and this daughter who were doing the same exact thing. So I went up to them and I was like, all right, I said, you guys are, you guys are trying to meet him. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we've never met him before and all this stuff. So I was like, Hey, let's just go by the bus because we're back here. So why not just go to the bus? And there were these two girls there and we only ended up waiting for like 20 minutes. And then it started raining and he came off the bus and he ran over to us and he was like, why are you guys out here in the rain? <laughs> and we're like, cause we wanted to meet you. And um, he, he like shook all of our hands and like I texted you, Steve. I was like, he introduced himself. Yes, yes. <laughs> he was like, hi, I'm Rob. It's really nice to meet you. And I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know who you are. <laughs> I'm here because of did you. Oh, you, my God. Did you uh, – so, so you – did you hold it together? I did. I'm pretty good with like holding it in until after they leave and then I have like a momentary freak out. Um. The only I did cry in front of one person. Oh, who? <laughs> the lead singer of Jack's Mannequin. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Yeah, <laughs> it was a big deal. It was very important to me. Okay, um, all right. But that, that's a story for another time. But I was I was like pretty good. I was like, hi, I'm Kristen, and you know he was signing for some people. This one lady was like crazy with getting stuff signed for her daughter, and I was like, yo, like let us all have a turn, thank you. Mm. Um, so then like he came up to me, and I was like, can I get a picture with you? And the mom that I was hanging out with took my picture with him, and um, I turned to him and I was like, Rob, you are one of the main reasons why me and my best friend are so close and have been friends for about 17 years now your music is such a link between us. And he was like, where is she? Where is she? And I was like, she lives in Seattle now, but we're still besties. And she's going to die when she hears that I met you. And da, da, da. I was like, we well, have to tell her I wish she was here. And then I told him, I thanked him for writing angsty music and never stopping, like <laughs> getting influenced by angst and not being afraid well, to was, let it out. I was going to say, he could write a song about you and your friend being separated by the miles. He could, and it would be the most beautiful song ever. Yes. Like, let's be real. Um, but then, but then he he was like, you know, go get something to eat, you guys, before the show. You know, have fun tonight. Blah blah blah. blah. And then he walked away, and then I started to shake. <laughs> and oh. I was like, I can't quite feel my legs. <laughs> well, you you sent me the picture you guys took, and he was so excited to meet you. I know. It's I have no idea why he was that happy. I mean, because I, because he I, listens to the show. <laughs> He probably does. He was like, he saw it. I'd be like telepathically connected with it. And I was like, you need to listen to Rock Out Loud because we love you. And he was like, okay, yes, I will do that. <laughs> mm. Wow. I think it's because, I don't know, I don't look like the average run-of-the-mill Rob Thomas fan. So I think he's probably like, yo, a, 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 like a freak girl is out here. A I love this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, I got my nose pierced. I got my industrial piercing. I'm all, I got my snakeskin jacket on, you know. <laughs> you look like you showed up for a Bon Jovi concert. And, I kind of did. Yeah, and he's like, all right, this is my kind of people. I know. I had my knee-high boots on. I was ready to go. <laughs> and then, then like, you know, go in. He opens up with Parade, and I died because he did it the night before. And I was like, oh, my God. And then he played Push. Ah. It, it was just awesome. Yeah, you <laughs> called me during Push. I so did. I See, I was being a good friend. Yeah, and... And I couldn't make out much until he started actually hitting the course. I'm like, okay. And it was something about the way your phone filters out noise. 
Yeah, my phone is probably stupid. Sure. And in the beginning, it was funny because he forgot the words. It was like right as you picked up and he forgot the words. And I was like, oh, Steve's not going to know what this is. And he was like, now, here's the sad part. He's like, we're good enough friends that I'll tell you when I F up. And he was like, and I just got off the road with Matchbox 20 for like two years where we sang this song every night. And I I just messed up. <laughs> I'm <Nice>. sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. So I was like, oh, I love you. Uh, well, um. <laughs> So you're on, you're on that high, and, and we'll go ahead. We won't bury the lead that uh, after we get through our emails here, we're actually going to talk a little Matchbox, um, which we've taken some flack for on Twitter. We're going to lose all the credibility. We're no longer a rock podcast. Drop the mic. Rockers don't listen to Matchbox 20. That's... <laughs> All the things, because I know right. I know there are people thinking it. I mean, we I, have horrible taste in music. I'll call, just I'll it. call them out. I'll call them out. Mind the gap on Twitter. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll call them out right now. Now uh, he's going to be stoked that we mentioned his name. That's fine. That's fine. Mind <laughs> the gap was like you lose cred when you go to Matchbox. But we'll talk about that, and and I and and hang with us because we're going to to defend our our choices and our ideas. I I know why I dig them. And, and Kristen will talk about why she digs them, and we're going to get into this. But first, let's jump into a couple of emails we got. First, this one comes from Dylan as a response to our last episode. He says, Dear Steve and Kristen, I love the Rock Out Loud podcast. I started listening this episode, uh, listening to this episode this morning during breakfast. I continued listening while on the treadmill an hour ago. I'm finishing the episode while writing this email. Well, we do long episodes. Let's not, <laughs> let's not deny that. Marathons. <laughs> he wants to review our road trip song choices as quickly as possible. And the and he goes through the ones we talk about. Afterlife by Avenged. He says, I'm new to Avenged Sevenfold. I actually know very little. They're playing Mayhem this summer with Corn, so maybe I'll check them out. They did a great song a few years ago called Seize the Day. It sounds a lot like uh, a Lost Guns and Roses song. It's worth checking out. I'm not familiar with Seize the Day. I'm not super familiar with Avenged Sevenfold. So You need to get on that train, Steve. You need to get on that, like the album City of Evil. Just get on that train because it is good. All right. Well, I'll check it out on your on your recommendation. Wasted by Def Leppard. He says, my first concert was Def Leppard. Tacoma Dome Hysteria Tour, 1987 or 88. I was eight or nine years old. So jealous. I mean, like, I want to talk. Your life? I want to talk about an eight or nine year old kid going to a Def Leppard concert in the eighties, mind you. <laughs> yeah. Not- <laughs> I mean, I was nine when I saw Springsteen, and I was ten when I saw Bon Jovi for the first time. But that wasn't in the party days, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm. T- you know, eighty seven, eighty eight was right there with the you know the stuff going on under the stage and that sort of thing. Oh yeah. So. uh Tesla opened the show. One of my fondest memories is during the encore of the show, they played Credence Clearwater's Revival's Traveling Band. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's cool. I got a bootleg of it, Steve. I'll send it to you. you, Please do. For my very first (laughs) concert experience, it set the tone. I've been to at least 100-plus concerts since then. Runaways by the Killers. I would have went Mr. Brightside on this one. No, no. Mr. Brightside's like a sad breakup in your house song. Okay. But this, he, (laughs) he says, but different strokes for different folks. I've seen the Killers live on the Samstown tour. When You Were Young by the Killers is such a great Springsteen record. Mm-hmm. Yet still being a Killers record. So he he gets us. He gets he gets our lingo. He does. I like this dude. He says, uh, Like Sugar by Matchbox 20. I only know my basics about Matchbox and Rob Thomas. Although he did write a great song called Visions of Paradise on Mick Jagger's solo record, Goddess in the Doorway. That one I really dug. Check it out when you can. Well... It just so happens, ladies and gentlemen, that we have Rob Thomas actually telling the story uh, about 
riding with Mick Jagger. And um, it's a fun story. So just to kind of give you a taste of where we're headed in this episode and uh, to springboard off what Dylan said, uh, let's listen to Rob Thomas talk about working with Mick Jagger. So right, right before the third Matchbox 20 record, I get a call from Mick Jagger to write some songs, right? I want to put some perspective on the moment. Because I had to. We had sold like 20 million records when I met Mick Jagger. Alright? To Mick Jagger, that's cute. Because I realized that when you go out in New York and you're hanging out with Mick Jagger and you're out drinking, no matter how many records you've sold in your life, you're just the guy hanging out with Mick Jagger. You're the guy holding his fucking coat. And you're the guy getting him a drink. And you're the guy smiling when you do it because you're just f***ing happy to be there with Mick Jagger. Right? So, I go in, I spend a couple days hanging out with him and, and I'm writing music and I, I brought in one song and then we wrote another song that wound up on a solo record. And so, he, uh, he calls me at my house when I'm not there and I get this message to Machine. It's like this. Like, Beep. Hey, Robus Mick. <laughs> Now, first off, I want you guys to close your eyes because it's a spot-on Mick Jagger I'm doing right now. I mean, it, it really is like it's eerie. It's like he's in the room. It, it, and it's, it's almost a spot-on impersonation of my answering machine as well. So just check out the whole thing. <laughs> hey, Robus, Mick, um... Hey, listen, uh, so the, the two songs that, you know, the, the first song I... That we wrote, I, I, I like your voice on it. I think it'd be great for the new Matchbox record. And, and this other one, uh, I think I'm gonna use that on my on my solo record. But we'll work it out later. Okay, bye. <laughs> so I've got this right. So I keep this message on my machine for three years. <laughs> three years, I'm, I'm not lying. And I do it just so that when my friends come to my house, I can say, "Hold on, let me check my messages." <laughs> And then here's just an insight to the kind of asshole that I am. I do it just so that when they hear the message, I can go off again. Stalker. So he tells that story just before he goes into disease, right? Yes. And those were the, that was the other song that he had kind of presented to Mick as as a song that he'd written, and then they wrote this one that Dylan mentions together. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. I've never heard the one that... Um, I've never heard Visions of Paradise. I need to listen to that. Yeah, I've not either. I, I'm not a big Stones Jagger fan. I ain't either. So <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, he, <laughs> Dylan goes on uh, referencing The Zoo by Scorpions. Okay, I'm going to lose any credit I've gained by confessing that I had no idea the name of the song was called The Zoo. And I hear this song on the radio all the time. Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis, one of the best driving away after she dumped you and you cry all the way home singing the song at the top of your lungs, breakup songs of all time. I love Oasis. Slow Ride by Foghat. Come on. Ending of Days and Confused. Enough said. Night Moves by Bob Seger. How can you not love Bob Seger? We all own at least one greatest hits by him. That's... Guilty. Um, <laughs> I could understand Guilty. this. <laughs> I could understand this is a road trip song, an alternate Bob Seger road trip song. I would have went uh, "Get Out of Denver," a Chuck Berry style rave up that'll put your pedal to the metal and lyrics so fast you can never catch up. 
Still of the Night by White Snake. I'm a child of the 80s. We all remember those White Snake videos from In the Still of the Night to Here I Go Again to Is This Love. These MTV music videos were essential back in the day when music videos ruled and MTV was still cool. I do miss those days. Mm. I'm with you, Dylan. Bittersweet Symphony by The Verb. Not sure it was Road Trip. That's, I agree. But most Road Trip songs are songs that everybody in the car can sing along with. That's true. And everyone can sing along with that. Uh, check out The Verbs. The Drugs Don't Work. I think that's their greatest song. Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Four words. Wayne's World. The Muppets. Enough said. God bless Freddie Mercury, the greatest singer of all time. Is he the greatest singer of all time? He might be the greatest frontman of all time. You like just listening to his acapella mm-hmm. stuff, like that people have done on YouTube. Man, that guy had range. Yeah, yeah. I would love to hear him. Like if he was still alive, I would love to hear if his voice still was that awesome and amazing today. Mm-hmm. The Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy. Thank you for including this. Phil Lennett was such a rock god. More people should know about Thin Lizzy, or, the, or as the Irish calls them, Tin Lizzy. Uh, <laughs> Jailbreak or Cowboy Song would have been acceptable as well. Badlands by Bruce Springsteen. The Boss. I came from a diehard Springsteen family out here in Fort Defiance, Arizona. We are raised since birth to be Springsteen fans. Our religion is Springsteen. I've seen 11 Springsteen shows since 1992. Every show is unique in its own way. He never phones it in. It's never the same show twice. You can laugh seeing and cry at a single show, then you still have another hour and a half left of show to do that all over again. (laughs) Preach. (laughs) He says, Kristen totally gets the fandom that comes with being a Springsteen fan. It was refreshing to hear someone else talk about Springsteen like the way my family does. Keep it up, and I'll keep listening, boss, forever. Yeah. Hot-blooded by Foreigner. Why do I feel like I'm driving a black Camaro when I'm hearing this song on the radio? Just such a good classic rock goodness. Rebel Rebel by David Bowie. Perfect choice. I would have also accepted Golden Years and from the Station to Station album or most famously from the dance scene in A Knight's Tale. Check out a great cover of Rebel Rebel by Lenny Kravitz and Iggy Pop on YouTube. It comes so close to the original. Lenny Kravitz is someone else who's got that classic rock feel about him even though he's from this modern era. He really um, does. He doesn't make, like, when is the last time he's come out with something? I don't know. There, there we go losing our cred again. That We don't know when <laughs> Lenny Kravitz came up. Sorry, guys. <clears throat> he Dylan goes on with, with a kind of a long email. He says, uh, Money Talks by ACDC, great track. You went Brian Johnson era of ACDC. Kudos to both of you. Well, listen, this was all, the travel list was all Kristen. Because I'd been sick, and I was like, you just need to throw it together and we'll make it happen. And so that was all Kristen. Um, he says, okay, now pick a Bon Scott era ACDC road tripping track. I'll start you off. Check out Riff Raff off of Powerage. Last thoughts. He says, Def Leppard Kiss Tour. Go for Def Leppard only. Kiss has been doing the same set list for 10 years and have been slowly declining. <laughs> well, this is coming from a 20-year Kiss diehard fan. Their behavior towards past members during the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have soured me on the band. I don't know anything. Again, this come, I don't know anything about that. What's he talking about? Really? You didn't hear any of that? No, uh-uh. So, like, the four members, aside from Gene, like, Gene and Paul hate Ace and Peter. Right. Like, hate them. Um, 
And there was all this drama. They were like, you know, Paul and Jean were all annoyed that the current touring members and the like the past members of Kiss weren't getting inducted and that it was just the original four. And they were like, well, if they're not getting inducted, we're not playing because we're not going to play with them. So that's the reason why Kiss didn't perform at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Wow. Kiss literally went up, accepted their thing, walked off, and that was it. Like, that was all that was done from Kiss. Mm. And it's like, really, you can't like put it all past you for one night that you have been like whining and crying and complaining about for like, you know, 19 years since you haven't gotten inducted. But, you, oh, well, you know what? We can't have them. So we're just not going to we're not going to do anything. Whatever. I, you know, there's no room in life for bitterness. No. You know, uh, <laughs> we just talked about this. Live in the positive, man. Don't be bitter. <laughs> I love your reaction to that. I'm gonna to have to catch that. That's gonna, uh, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be in the intro somewhere. Your, 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 your rock and roll yell. No. Um, <laughs> See, there's my cred. I got my cred. I love guys. it. I love it. And he, he goes on. He says, "Did you know the inductees have to pay twenty five thousand dollars a table when they get inducted?" Yep. So basically, they're paying for it themselves. What a farce! It's just another award show that doesn't mean anything. Hall of Shame. Ooh. Bon Jovi. <laughs> this is interesting to me because this is another thing I didn't know. How do you feel about Bon Jovi touring without Richie Sambora? I don't like it. Rumor is he got kicked out. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I just, because like, here, this has always been my issue with Bon Jovi. I, it, and it, it drives me up the wall when people are like, oh yeah, did you see, you know, Bon Jovi's new haircut? And I'm like, you mean John Bon Jovi? Because Bon Jovi is five people. Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi is one person. Right. And I feel like, and there have been interviews that Richie's given, like Richie does seem a bit bitter about it, but he's given interviews where he's like, you know, I've been John Bon Jovi's backup guy for the past 30 years and I'm done. And it just sucks because it's like if you look at any of those songwriting credits, guess what? It says Bon Jovi, Sambora, and Desmond Child, mm -hmm. like for all the big hits. So it's a bummer that he's not in the band anymore. And Bon Jovi basically trained a guitar player to take over Richie's spot when Richie was still in the band. Uh-uh. Sketchy. Wow. Man. <laughs> that, that makes me sad. I hate it I when know. guys don't like each other. It's like take a break from one another. If that's gonna, if you're having issues, just take a break and then come back together. Do Seriously, it, do it Aerosmith style, <laughs> right? It's like go away. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, and Bon Jovi did it too in the '90s because they, like, yeah. John and Richie couldn't stand each other before Keep the Faith either. And it's yeah. just like, you know what? Why do we just like? Can't we just go apart? But in a world of social media, there's no such thing as like apart and away. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad because you love these people and, and you don't want them to be as we said bitter there's no tune there's there's no time for bitterness uh dylan closes out by saying he listens to all the out loud shows but his favorite is rock out loud with Stephen Kristen. look at that Kristen. you you're influencing a generation because it is a, it's a subject that i know a lot about and love good music i think that it i think that is it Thanks for the podcast and expect an email from me after every episode we'll see we'll see dylan after this one if we get one. Uh, he, he does P.S. and he says, Steve, you did not mention the greatest road trip song of all time and you know it. The greatest road trip song of all time is Moving Right Along by Fozzie Bear and Kermit from the Muppet Movie soundtrack. And he's right. It is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but again, I didn't make the list. And had I put that on there, I would have lost all my, all, all my rock cred. 
<laughs> but you admit, you say, and even in the last one, you're like the least rocking guy ever, and then Kristen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. I am. It's it's so funny. I was thinking about it today um, <laughs> as I was mopping at work. I'm like, you know, I, I, I because we, I, I talked to you about the whole Kid Rock thing before we went live earlier, and last night I got sucked into a YouTube vortex of Chris Rock on stage with everyone from Leonard Skinner to Bob Seger to Bon Jovi to Aerosmith. And I was just blown away by how much fun this guy was having with these groups. And, and he, you know, he's someone who gets it. He knows where his roots are. He knows what he loves. He knows, you know, where he comes from. And when he gets a chance to perform with these guys, he just has a good time and helps them have a good time. And you can see they were all having fun with it. And, uh, but I was thinking about how sometimes he just gets on my nerves. The, the Kid Rock thing gets on my nerves because around here, everyone loves that last big song he did two or three years ago, that All Summer Long. Really? Yeah. Everyone loves it. Huh? I wonder if it's a South thing. It is. You never, it, you never hear that song up here oh, anymore. It's, well, it is. That's the thing. It's definitely a Southern thing. You know, because he's sampling, uh, he's sampling Sweet, Sweet Home Alabama. Home. Alabama. Right, he's sampling that in the song, and he's doing some other stuff, and um, and I'm like, you guys know he's from Michigan, right? You know, I just <laughs> he's I wanna... not from the south. But I'm I'm thinking, you know what? I didn't have that growing up. Like I get part of it because I w- I grew up in in a similar time, and I did similar things, but I wasn't I wasn't trying too many different things or smoking funny things, as the chorus goes. And I'm just like, I have no rock. Cred, what's when it comes to we talk about rock cred, I've got none. I'm like the most straight laced guy in the world. I just love the music, you know. And uh, and I was thinking about that. I'm like, I no, no. And so, yeah, when you start talking Fozzie Bear and Kermit moving right along, I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a great road trip song. <laughs> and in the back of your head, you're just thinking, oh, okay, here comes the Twitter hate. Here that's it comes. right. That's right. Here, this here, is a rock podcast. That's this is a rock podcast. You can't mention Kermit and and Fozzie, I'll mention, I'll tell you this right now, great, one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, this was one that got me stoked, Kristen, I think of you as well. Jorge yeah. writes in, he says, hi, Kristen and Steve, this is Jorge from Madrid, Spain. Crazy. What? Crazy. Hi, what? Jorge. What are we doing on in Madrid, Spain? How do you even understand me? <laughs> I am. My English is horrible, much less my Spanish. Uh, he says, I wanted to write to you so you know that I'm really loving Rock Out Loud. I really enjoyed your traveling song show, and I think you two guys have a great on mic chemistry. I don't know Thanks, who Mike man. is, but we're great on him. Uh, <laughs> today, I'm sharing with you my favorite, uh, my five favorite bands. Granted, I think they're heavier than what you usually listen to, but I would love to know your thoughts on them and if you will do a show down the road about some of them. Megadeth. Nope. I, I, I can't say much about Megadeth at all. Dave, he says Dave must... I just I just don't like Dave Mustaine. And I know he oh, says wow. that he likes him, but as a person, oh You just lost our only listener from over the from No, from... Jorge, you're awesome. But I just think Dave Mustaine needs to get over the fact that he's not in Metallica anymore. Mm, e, sorry. Mm, okay. Uh <laughs> number two, he mentions Metallica. Everything after the black album, no. Mm-hmm. But everything before the black album, yes. I just never, I, they're too, I don't too know. Too heavy? There's something about them I just don't like. I've never cared for them that much. And I know that takes away. Iron Maiden. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love. There's a few, there's a few tracks by them that I dig. 
Not a, not a super huge Iron Maiden fan. I couldn't be like, yeah, I love this song or that song. Uh, Judas Priest. Yes. Yeah, they're classic rock and roll. Yeah, and they again, are. they're 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 a group that I was warned against as a child. You know, so uh, <laughs> I'm really late on the Judas Priest thing and Black Sabbath. I mean, come on, overplayed in some things, but still, they're they're just a classic rock band. You can't. It's like it's like the Beatles, where it's like I might not like them. But you got to respect what they right, did. Right, right. You know? Uh, he says, thank you for your time and effort in bringing us, the listeners, such an awesome show on a regular basis. Thanks for banging, or keep headbanging, my friends. Enviado desde mi, mi iPad. Uh, <laughs> I believe that's Spanish for sent via my iPad. Um, and then Brian Beauchamp, that's how I always say his name, Beauchamp, Bobby Boucher. Uh, Bobby Boucher. <laughs> he, he, says, uh, he says, this one just begs the rock out loud treatment, maybe in a round three style versus something else. And he, and he brings up the old Top Gun anthem. Now, Kristen, uh, Top Gun uh-huh. is a movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> starring Iceman. <clears throat> yeah, starring Val Kilmer with a shirt off at one point. <laughs> Top Gun is one of those movies that I always thought I loved. And then once I got a little bit older, I, I watched it. And um, and I'm like, wait a minute. This is a chick flick. <laughs> but, hey! But you can't... There's, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm telling you, there's this is, this is 80s glory right here. I mean that's that's that stuff is that's just someone jamming out on a guitar. That's a Top Gun anthem. Uh, I don't know what we would put it versus. I don't know if there's if, if if there's another anthem that you know has the same rock and roll feel to it for a movie that that does. You know, I can't think of one off the top of my head. So um, every song has lyrics. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But Top Gun also has Top Gun's got a great sound. I mean, like I'm sorry, as far as '80s soundtracks go. Top Gun's right there under Footloose for me. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's just pure 80s all the way through. Um, you're talking, you've got the Kenny Loggins thing going, mm-hmm. uh, Cheap Tricks on there, uh, Miami Sound Machine, Hello, Lover Boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so... <laughs> and they've got some oldies on there too, some Otis Redding, some Great Balls of Fire, that sort of thing. Of course, you've lost that lover feeling, but I'm look, when you go from danger zone to playing with the boys, shoot. <laughs> what in the ten world? 10 out of 10. That's what, I mean, come on. You can't. It, I'm telling you, Footloose is probably one. It, as far as just a, a capturing its time, other than maybe Breakfast Club, the Breakfast Club soundtrack. Yeah. You know, Footloose is one of those that just, it is, it oozes 80s. And Top Gun is right there up under it, you know, because... They do have some of the oldies stuff in there, but um, but by George, I, I like this. I like the soundtrack better than I like the movie. But anyhow, you can email us. Let us know what you think. Are we wrong about anything? Do you disagree with us? Are you about to just blow your top because we've already told you we're talking Matchbox Twenty today? Uh, you can email us at rockoutloudpod, rockoutloudpod at gmail dot com, and let us hear from you. Whether you're from Spain or the deserts of Arizona, 
or I forget where Brian Beauchamp, Bobby Boucher is from, uh, <laughs> Louisiana, wherever, uh, let us hear from you. We'd love to hear from you here. We love getting emails. And we love being tweeted, too. Even if even if you're mind the gap telling us we're losing rock cred. That's fine. That's fine. We can take it. We, we can, can take, take it. <clears throat> as long as you're open-minded about it. That's right. That's right. Just be open-minded. Just have an open mind and uh, and enjoy it. Now, let's talk some Matchbox 20, Kristen. Let's. Um. <clears throat> I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to ask you this question and and I demand an answer. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'm nervous now. You know, the the podcast we started Rock Out Loud because of our mutual love and affection for 80s and classic rock music. And uh you know, and, and we're like, well we'll just talk some music, we'll have some good time, but then come to find out we dig on some other stuff as well and and Matchbox 20 is one of those things that we really dig on. You just you know, talked about your your you're going to see Rob Thomas, which you know I'm sure was amazing, and you got to meet him, which was awesome. He was so happy to meet you, and so I'm going to go with that story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, the picture proves it. So, so I ask you, what business does Matchbox Twenty have on this podcast? Okay, so. I said from go with Matchbox 20, whenever people got on them, especially like more recently, because Mm -hmm. I feel like the first album is definitely intense and angry and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like my aunt even owned the first Matchbox 20 record, you know, (laughs) Um, but you have songs like feel and cold um, and crutch like they're just really good, like solid rock songs yep. that were just never made singles. So everyone is like, oh, well, Matchbox 20, they just sing if you're gone. And that's just music that, you know, moms listen to. And it's like, yeah, do moms listen to Matchbox 20? They do. But if you can listen to, like I said, Crutch or Feel or Cold or any of those songs mm-hmm. and tell me that they don't rock, I, you have no taste and you're closed-minded and you need to get out of my life. <laughs> well, my thing is, is, is we've made no bones about the fact on the show, you've made no bones about the fact that you are into the lyrics of, of music as much as you are into the, the, the metal of the yep. music, if you will. And me too. I mean, my thing is, <clears throat> not to bring the guy up again, but again, Kid Rock, and I'm, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase what he said, but basically he said, you know what, if it's marketable, you can sell it. Uh, if it's, you know, if it's tasty, you can eat it, but if it's real, you'll feel it. Yeah. And, and my thing is when it comes to music, I don't necessarily look, you know, it depends on what I'm in the mood for. You know, I look for music that I feel and, and if I feel it, then I, then I hang with it. And, and what I found with Matchbox 20 is, and understand these guys, their first album hit big in, in, in the mid nineties, around 96, I was in college at the time. And everyone, you know, every radio station, you know, every radio station was hitting <laughs> some 3 a.m. and then some real world and stuff. And and it was just like, you know, cool group, cool music. But there's here's a truth about a lot of these guys around that time. There was a lot of flash in the pan in yep. the mid-90s. There was a lot of, well, what do we do with the fact that the grunge scene is, is dying out a little bit? Who's going to stick around you know, the pop idea of pop music was, was changing and shifting. And, and, you know, we were looking for our next teeny bopper and all this stuff. And here come these guys on the scene with, you know, for the, for, for all intents and purposes, they could have been deep blue something. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they really could have been, 
But what began to happen is, is, is just like with anything, the good stuff sticks around. Yep. You know, and that's what happened with Matchbox 20. They continued to put out uh, good albums and good music. And, you know, obviously good is subjective. You know, you might not like their music, but their lyrics, and I never stopped feeling what was being put out. I'm telling you, you know, we talked about when we talked Bon Jovi, you talked about going from New Jersey to Slippery When Wet, or vice versa. Which way is it? Slippery When Wet to New Jersey. Slippery When Wet to New Jersey. And you talk about, you know, having an album like Slippery When Wet that is just so good from from track A to track Z. And how do you follow that up? Well, you follow it up by putting the needle to the to the wax and you hear Lay Your Hands on Me. Mm-hmm. And with... <clears throat> with yourself or someone like you going into mad season. Um, you know, I, I bought mad season not long after it came out. I, I remember where I was. I was in Augusta, Georgia at a Best Buy. It was kind of my stop on my way to college. I, I, I went to college in Virginia. And, and so whenever I drive back and forth, that was always kind of my stop on the way back and on the way there. And I would always go in Best Buy real quick, look around, see if there's anything new to pick up to kind of listen to, on the road and i bought mad season they well i like matchbox you know i think i've heard this new song they've got up here i don't i don't really know if it's any good throw it in and and i'm like well what a good follow-up i mean just every single track and of course we'll talk about as we get into it and to me that's staying power that they did not sound exactly like they sounded on yourself or someone like you more than you think you are does not sound exactly like mad season and north does not sound like more than you think you are but they're close enough you can tell it's the same guys just evolving and i dig that about a musician because they're not so far off that it's like completely you know they're trying to do something completely different or experimental because i don't i don't understand why anyone wants to get experimental with a record but um (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but they're also not stuck in in where they were, and uh, and you don't have people like Carlos Santana and Mick Jagger get in touch with you, and and say hey I want to I want to work with you if you don't have some talent. I'm sorry I think Carlos Santana himself just brings a lot of credence to, you know these are some talented guys Rob Thomas talented guy, and um, you know I I dig this group and I and I dig what they make me feel. When I listen to them, if that doesn't sound too girly girly for a rock and roll show. <laughs> oh, please. We're about to gush. And we're, let's just rename this right now. It's not the Mattress 20 podcast. It's the Kristen is a very angsty person and was totally an emo kid in the 2000s because I'm going to talk some lyrics. Oh, my God. <laughs> Steve, Steve likes all the happy songs. And then there's me. That's true. And, well, and I the, like all the, like the slow. Well, the thing is, songs. well, the thing is, is like you sent me your picks off of these albums before I picked mine. And I'm like, all right, well, she's got this in there. So I don't have to worry about pick. You know what I'm saying? Like we agree on a lot of things that you threw out here. And it comes down to the angst. I'm not usually into the angst, but these guys do it without being emo. Yeah. You know? So, um, and of course their biggest hit or their first big hit off of, uh, off of their first album was 3am and, you know, I'd heard different people tell different stories about this song over and over again. But again, I feel like it's best from the horse's mouth. So this is Rob Thomas talking about, uh, riding 3am. I'm 14. I lost my bike. I tried hard to make a cool song about it. It was like, uh, it was dark and, and, and 
Jack, I know he saw my fucking back. That's a good Jack. But I couldn't find a cool way to say the song. He knows. So I, uh, so I'm writing all these songs, and I'm basically just like you know Lionel Richie. I'm just writing songs to get laid. Like I'm just trying to write songs to meet girls. And uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, you caught yourself. I was like, I say I'm writing songs to get laid, and one girl, she's like, yeah. So backstory, I'm like 12 or 13 years old, uh, my, my mom had cancer, and so I was, she was a single mom taking care of me and my sister, and she, you, you imagine like, like her going through chemo, like there's a whole lot that goes on there, there's a whole lot that you have to grow up at an early age, so you're 13 years old, you go to school and you do 13 year old, and then you come home and you have this secret life that nobody knows about, where you walk into a house where you're taking care of a sick adult, and it makes you have to grow up a lot quicker than you kind of ever wanted to, and so, when I was like 19 or 20, I wrote a song about that moment, and it was the first song, it, was, it had a lot of prompts to it, it was the first song that, was, that I wrote that I thought other people should hear. It was the first song that I thought, okay, this is something, because it made me realize that writing songs wasn't about writing a cool song, it was about taking moments of your life and putting it into your songs, like, like taking little moments of your life and making it into a song. It's the song that started Matchbox 20. It's a song that like me and Paul, like Paul heard for the first time and said, I want to, I want to play this song and we started a band because of it. Um, and it's the song that made me realize that I wanted to do this for a living. So this is, uh, for me, this is my first song. sing along with uh when this thing gets going so very hard not to sing along with and um it i I play it first if you go to the album yourself or someone like you it's not the first song on the album but it is their first hit off of that album and it's kind of the song that introduced the world to this group and um for me in 1996 i was like okay it you know 
again, I go back to I remember where I was in '96, and I remember, you know, this is off of the this is this is coming around the same time, not long after. Um, and I said, "What about breakfast at Tiffany's?" And I'm like, "Okay, so this is this is kind of the style that people are going for now," but this resonated so much more with everyone else, especially once you started hearing the stories and realizing this guy's just writing from his life. And this is not someone who's necessarily out to, of course, everyone who begins to put their art out there is hoping it's successful and well-received, but this is someone who, who's obviously going to have some type of staying power with what he's doing. I, I don't know this is going to be a flash in the pan. And as we get into the next hit, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But Kristen, you love some, uh, you love yourself some, some 3 a.m.? I do. The The lyric I always go to is, she thinks that happiness is a map that sits on her doorway. Oh, yes, me too. Totally. Because, like, I feel like everyone has been, like, at that point in their life where it just seems like everything is going wrong, where it's like, yeah, like, the only thing that is happiness in my life is the mat that is outside my door that says happiness on it. Yes. Like, yeah. nothing else is going right, but whatever, that says happiness, so I guess I guess that's what that is. And, like, just the fact that, you know, after he sings that line, because, you know, in the beginning of the song, he says, she only sleeps when it's raining. Mm -hmm. And then the next line after the mat that sits on her doorway is, but outside it stopped it stop raining. Yeah. Like, it leaves on, like, a little bit of, like, you know, there might be a light at the end of a tunnel. Mm -hmm. Just a peak of one, but you can kind of see it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, oh, I just love it. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm saying. These guys are emotional and they're real without being emo in their lyrics. And again, that's not a song like when you when you start hearing them talk about, you know, my mom had cancer and we were dealing with stuff as 13-year-old kids. We'd go to school and do the, you know, 13-year-old kid stuff, and then you come home and you're having to deal with your mom having chemo treatments and take care of her and that sort of thing. And so I just wrote about that. It it's almost a happier song sounding than you know what I'm saying? Like it it's one of those things that it's almost a paradox. In, yeah. in as much as is, is something about something so dark and, and desperate should not sound so upbeat and sing alongable with. But it's yeah. there. And, and to me, it just shows that by the time he wrote this and when he was really pouring his life into it, that, that he's someone who had perspective on the situation, so to speak. And, um, and that's what and that's to me is what comes across every time I've ever heard Rob Thomas talk about anything is, is he's the guy that's that's come away with some perspective from from what's going on in his life and um you know and that that of course being no different but what a big deal and what a great way to introduce yourself to the world what a great song to introduce yourself to the world with so. and it's it's it, like you said it, it's very much like wow i think i think this could be something mm -hmm. like this band might not be a flash in the pan because there were so many flash in the pans in the 90s yep. and so many bands that you know made one big hit and then you know you never heard of them again and and, and you know like, and that's true of any era yeah but i was hyper aware of it during right? the 90s i really was i was hyper aware of the fact that there's a bunch of one hit wonders and you know and as much as i don't really like the music uh, by and large, especially the pop music that you know, the stuff that's become the pop music of the of the two thousands in the past fourteen years, um, <clears throat> there seems to be a lot more artists sticking around than mm -hmm. than there was there in the mid nineties. 
and it, it's interesting. It's it's really an interesting thing. And the and these guys, as you said, kind of rose to the top. Well, their next hit, their next big hit that I remember being off this album, I could be wrong, but it's the first track off the album itself. And um, man, you want to talk about being in college, and and then having having crap go down. I was in college and I had crap go down. And uh, and this song is one of those songs that kind of pulled me through. (laughs) (laughs) This is Real World. Well, I wonder what it's like to be the rainmaker. I wonder what it's like to know that I made the rain. the mid 90s um i can't seem to do anything right i can't seem to get to get it together whatsoever especially as you roll on into the into the later 90s um just things started to just kind of you know i was figuring out that i did not know how to live on my own i did not know how to pay bills i did not know how to manage my money i did not know how to manage relationships i did not know you know suddenly i'm in the real world it seemed like with no ability to handle the real world which kept hassling me and and there were a lot of days where i would just sit there and be like oh it'd be so much better if i just was better than I am kind of you know that kind of thing and that's kind of this song yeah and so I just I learned to really dig real world quick this song just oh it jams it does <laughs> jam drink. too drink, yeah everybody. it does jam <laughs> yeah I, listen it's it's another one I'm, I've had a hard time not singing along with it you know <laughs> like I you know, when we were going over our list and I was like, Steve, you if you pick real, just pick real world, just pick real world because I have my two and like I have to pick these two. But just like, you know, like I wonder what it's like to be a superhero, you know, mm-hmm. from some other planet. I get this funky high on the yellow sun. Like, come on, we have we're part of the Geek Out Loud network. That's we right. got to We got to include real world. Oh, yeah. And of course, being a geek back then, it's like, oh, you know, Superman, this guy's all right. I'm, I'm, I could dig on this guy. It's like, oh yeah, this guy, this guy's good peeps. I want to hang out with him. That's right, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, but yeah, and it was, it was, 
it was the second or third big hit they had off this album. And that's the other thing. A lot of the other, you know, the the one-hit wonders of the 90s didn't even have top 10 hits coming in or top 20 hits after, you know, their big one had fallen off. And, uh, and these guys just boom, boom, boom off of this first album. And, um, and, and so, and so this, and this was no different. And I just, and I love the video for this too, by the way. It's so trippy. It is. It is so trippy. It's like a newscast going into something else. It's really, it's a, it's a trippy video. And I just remember like, that's what those, and it was the first video I'd ever seen. I'm like, oh, so that's what those guys look like. And uh, these are the guys that have been singing to me on my radio and and whatnot. And so, uh, so I'll yeah. take Rob, Rob Thomas walking a camel with eyeliner. Yes, yeah. yes, I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> That's a, that is my biggest image of him from that time period. Is is Rob Thomas would rock the eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> uh, so uh, now we get into to one of these things, and, and I did not pull the clip, and I, I apologize. You you had sent a clip where he talks about Push, and he talks about the idea that they, they caught some flack for it being a little misogynistic, and they thought it was, you know, about uh, uh, about literally pushing a girl around, you know, that, and that's not it at all. Mm-mm. And um, and and I'm like, well, I'm glad he cleared that up for me, too, because I always wondered about this <laughs> <laughs> Well, too, like, I, for, I don't know what tv show was but it was it, he was on a tv interview and he was talking about how everyone said that it was this misogynistic song and he was like no um i was actually like the one being pushed around in a relationship yeah yeah so it's like no it's actually complete the complete opposite of what you're thinking mm-hmm. and and again you know being the being the super nice guy been there been there here we go this is push about this song for me is that I always attributed it to my ex (laughs) (laughs) and and the way that she kind of treated me but that's a you know that's neither here nor there it's appropriate it really is and it's it's uh you know again you you like every time I heard this song I'm like he's not I knew because you can just tell it's like he's not saying he's trying to be he wants to be abusive to anybody He's. I always read it as he's saying this is what's being said to him. Yeah. And uh, and and again, 
unfortunately, there was a time in my life where that resonated with me. I wasn't like abused or being slapped around, but you know, I'm kind of a pushover mm-hmm. in in some ways. And uh, man, that gum. And uh, and I'm like, he, Rob Thomas gets me. You know? <laughs> Rob Thomas could be my boyfriend. He that's understands. Right. That's right. That's right. See, it's funny because you, for you, you know. 3M in real world are your first Matchbox memories. Mm-hmm. For yeah. me, Push is my first Matchbox memory. Oh, wow. Like, I remember being in a car, like, in the summer, because I remember it came out in the spring. Like, it was warm. We had the windows down. And I remember hearing it for, it could have been the first time. It might not have been the first time. But I remember I was just like, ooh, I like this. And I was only, like, six or seven at the time. But I, like, I was listening to the lyrics. I'm like, this is just really good. And then I remember that summer that song just caught fire mm-hmm. and it was everywhere and i was like i remember i would sit in the car and I'd be like well i will well i will <laughs> like totally rob thomas it up and i'm sure i annoyed every single person in my family but i just couldn't like i couldn't get the song out of my head i loved it this is also the first matchbox video that i remember seeing and i remember him with his short like caesar haircut yes yes <laughs> yeah and like i was saying when i said to when I said to him and I was like, you know, you're a reason why me and my best friend are so close. Like, I remember we were at a sleepover and we were talking. We were the only two that like were like this music is horrible. They were playing like they were playing Mandy Moore and all kinds mm. of crap. And then we start talking about Matchbox 20 and Rob Thomas and then the band Fuel, which was another 90s yes. band. And we were just like, oh, my God. It was that moment of like, oh, my God, you understand me. Can oh, we- my God. Did we just become best friends? I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> We had a stepbrothers moment. Yeah, we did. And here we are in 2014, you know, separated by, you know, thousands and thousands of miles, but still best friends. So can can we take a detour real quick and talk about the music of Fuel just for like half a second? Sure, because I love it. I mean, dang. I I dig Fuel. Anyhow. (laughs) Had a bad day again. Oh, geez. Okay, anyhow. first two albums so good anyway you know you talk about listening to this hearing hearing push and kind of that being your introduction that sort of thing and i think about like the first time i really because i never had this cd for the longest time for whatever reason i didn't i never picked up this first album for the longest time and i remember the first time hearing push and i'm like well maybe they have a new album out, but it, there wasn't this these songs stuck around for a while yeah on the radio like they got a lot of airtime and stuck around they were huge and and it wasn't just huge for a few months. It, it, this stuck around for a while. It, it, it feels like I could be dead wrong. I mean, we could go back and pull up the, you know, Casey Kasem's top forty and and be completely off. But I don't think <laughs> I am. I mean, I really believe. I I I remember hearing this because it's like, from from campus to being off campus, which was you know, and, and it's like I remember where I was as these things were hitting big and. And, and it was over the course of a couple of years, not a couple of months. Yeah, this album went crazy, mm-hmm. crazy, like on fire. And, you know, again, talking about, you know, the world of social media, like it was in a time where it was like it was allowed that you could take breaks in between your albums. And it wasn't like, oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? Hey, I'm going to tweet you 5,000 times a day and ask for the new albums coming out. You know, like they could take their time and like release songs slowly and not be like, oh, well, it wasn't a hit. So we're not going to release any more songs from that album. Make right. a new one. Yep. And uh, and and they did and they didn't do that. And but they wouldn't they didn't have to with this album either. Nope. You know, and so it was it was it was good stuff. And I dig push. Now, this last one off of uh, off of yourself or someone like you. 
is I don't think it got a lot of airtime radio wise, did it? No, this, it was definitely is, not a single. <laughs> this is what we this is what we call a deep cut. <clears throat> it's uh it's hang. Grabs her magazines, she packs her things and she goes. She leaves the pictures hanging up on the wall. She burns all her notes, and she knows she's been held to a few years. Feel this old He smokes his cigarette He stays outside till it's gone If anybody ever had a heart Well I wouldn't be alone She's been here too few years to be gone songs that I get completely lost in. Seriously. For, you know, for the for the nearly four minutes that it's playing, I just, I lose myself in the story. I lose myself in the feels, if you will. <laughs> and um, I, I can't tell you how much, and this is one of your picks, but this is what I'm saying as far as like how we were spot on. I can't tell you how much I absolutely love this song, and it makes me feel so sad, but so good at the same time. Yeah, this is this is a back porch song, like we were talking about yes. with Bob Seger. Like, yes. this is a back porch song for yep. sure. And you know, let let's all raise our hands in the chat. Who's shocked that it was Kristen with the deep cut? No <laughs> one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you know, again, this is this is a group though that. Um, you know, when we come to some of this other stuff, when, you know, when we're, even when we're doing the Bon Jovi and the Def Leppard, I was introduced to those guys' work mainly through their hits. But this group is a group that I was like, when I first heard them, you know, from from the get go, I was like, I got to know more, I got to hear more, and and so this is this is a group that I hung with from '96 on. Yeah. And, um, you know, and though I don't know much about their lives and biographies and that sort of thing, the music in the albums, I do. And so when you had Hang on there, I'm like, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> like so, you said, it's such a depressing song, but it's like, oh my God, you can just 
picture everything that's happening mm -hmm. as he's singing it. And it's like, if you haven't experienced it, someone you know has experienced a relationship that's just a dead end going nowhere that yeah. they're just kind of stuck in. So I think I'll just hang. Yeah, and it's like, all right, I guess I'm just going to deal with this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I just feel it, you know, and, and probably the cause, honestly, by the time I had this album, I was this song. Okay. Uh, you know, not, not to get too real with everybody. Okay. But by the time I had this album, was listening to it, I was this song where I was just stuck and, and there, and I knew I was. But there was no getting out, or I didn't see any way out. You know that kind of thing, and and, and it was just like, well, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. And um, and and I'm like, well, I guess I'll just hang. Can I also just say for a second, I am usually never, ever, ever a fan of albums ending with like slow, mellow tracks. Right. Right. But Every Matchbox Twenty album does, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they are all so flipping good. I can't yeah, stand it. It's it's kind of like. All right, see ya. You know, it's kind of like we're yeah. just it's it you feel like you've you've sat through a show and it's the last song of the night and you're one of the last people to leave cuz they're just kind of they're just kind of jamming around just playing soft and slow. Seriously. And yeah. like we're going to talk about 3 of the 4 last songs yes. of the album yeah, tonight. Yeah, we really and they're are. All my picks which never happened. We really are. So, um uh so that is the end of yourself or someone like you. And again, you got to understand how big a deal this album was. Now, I don't know that commercially they had the success on any of the subsequent albums um, that they had Ooh, on that first really? one. Really? I don't know. I mean, did they? Do you think that Mad Season did? Oh, I think Mad Season just with If You're Gone Alone. Oh, that's true. If You're Gone. I, I think If You're Gone is probably their biggest you hit. Think, okay. All right. It's like. Not would, counting smooth, obviously, because that's not Matchbox Twenty. Right. But I think I think if you're gone's their biggest song. I guess so. I guess you're right. And they also had what? Uh, gee whiz, I got to pull up the albums here because I I do get confused between them. I get confused between Mad Season and More Than You Think You Are. Okay. I, I forgot about If You're Gone's not on our list here. Um, everyone nope. knows If You're Gone. I love If You're Gone, by the way, because again, it just I can relate to it. You know? I love the story behind it, too, like how that's a real story of when he met his wife and his wife was like, you're in a band. I'm not dating you. Oh, wow. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> and he wrote that song about it. Wow. Well, um, Mad Season. Does Mad Season have Bent? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I do remember Bent being off of that, and I remember that kind of being. That was the first single that was released off of Mad Season. Yeah, it was. And um and then yeah, and then if you're gone comes along and everybody digs that. But I want to tell you uh I had the moment of putting in the CD. I had the moment of is this going to open as good as because Real World was the first track on yourself or someone like you. And and I had that moment of how are they going to follow up that album? Because I'd been burned by Hootie and the Blowfish back in the early you know, back in the early 90s, my senior year of high school or whatever. <laughs> And I'm like, can they do it? And uh, and this is what they did for me. So I'll scream you out from behind a bitter ache. Well, you're hanging on the memory. You need most. 
Zog le smoothen delicate But not without affection No, not alone Is there a wish and I will get better Man, you see it that you just get angrier Just get better Just good So I played this track like 10 times in a row on the road. I mean, I was on the road, I'm on the interstate, and quite frankly, this has become, you know, I didn't put it in our traveling music, but this has become one of my traveling songs. Um, it it jams, it does everything it needs to do, and um, I'm telling you, I sing along with it every time. And there's that great moment toward the end where they go into the deal where... Uh, <laughs> Where where the symbols are where where he's opening the symbols up as he hits them so you get a kind of a reverse symbol sound mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just like I love this song I have no <laughs> idea really what it's about I just love the song and to this day I'm like why is it good that I'm not angry <laughs> you know what am I going to blow up if I am you know that but I just I to me it was the great first track on what is essentially a great album. So this is basically your lay your hands on me since it, you experienced it in real time. It really you is. You're like, thank you. This album's actually good. It really is. And then you go from that into I listen. This is one of those things where we just need to do a show on this album. I know we got to um, do an album spotlight. That's what we should call it. Yes, yes. <laughs> you're listening to a Rock Out Loud album spotlight with uh, Steve and Kristen. Yeah, because you, you go you go from that into black and white people. Yes. Crutch is so good. I love Crutch. <gasps> you know, um, Last Beautiful Girl, If You're Gone, of course, is so big. We'll talk about some of these in a minute. Mad Season, you know, the the coup de grace of this album, of course, is Rest Stop. All <laughs> of these things are just so good. Um, and, and I'm just going to, and I remember, I'm headed up the road. I'm headed north. Uh, you know, and just listening to this CD, and I just can't get over how much I'm digging it. And it starts with "Angry for Me." Um, I, I love, I love the way it 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 kicks open and the and what it builds to, and just how pumped you are by the end of it. And it's good that I'm not angry because if I was, I'd probably break something listening to this song. Don't do that. No. <laughs> well, and like like we were talking about earlier too, like. It's it's different. It's not, you know, yourself or someone like you again. It's right, not that right. super angry, like angry angst mm-hmm. kind of music. Like you could tell this is a band that kind of took time off, internalized, like, who am I? Like, what are we now that we just did this? <laughs> yes. And, you know, what what do we have to say now? Yeah. And, and, and it's it's a mature album, which, you know, I hate to be like, oh, well, this showed mature, but it did. <laughs> this this is the album in which the uh, the book the, the group Matchbox Twenty matured a little bit. It's their sophomore outing, and um, there's a maturity there that comes with the um, sophomore elephant poop coughing. Yes. Um, <laughs> I like your critic voice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, the title track is one that you picked off of this, and oh, so I let's love this song. let's give it a listen. <laughs> 
me how no one knows We don't talk about The little things that we do without When that whole night season comes around So why you gotta stand there looking like the answer now? It seems to me you come around Confession. I just pulled my mic down so I could sing along with the song. <laughs> I wish I had that ability, but I don't. <laughs> uh, you know, on, on the last episode when we were talking about travel music, you talk about music that just oozes out of your speakers. Yeah, and, it does. And, and, and this is it. I mean, the, the way it just opens up with that, you know, that, that guitar riff, that down, 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 now. And, and just the driving quality of it right to the hook uh, when they hit that chorus is just, it's, it's a great song. And then when you actually start, again, when you get into the lyrics and you start to listen to it, gee whiz. Gee yeah. whiz. Do you think you can cope? You figured me out. I'm lost and I'm hopeless. Bleeding, bleeding and broken, though I've never spoken. I come undone. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, okay, I... I didn't see Matchbox 20 live until last February. Mm-hmm. And so it never saw them live. Didn't see, you know, the Mad Season tour or anything like that. And But the one thing I knew was A, mm-hmm. well, I knew a few things. A, I loved this song. Mm-hmm. B, I knew that they never played it for some odd reason. Yeah. And I saw them in Atlantic City. And I finagled my way up to the third row because apparently at Matchbox 20 shows, people are like, oh, we're all going to go to the bathroom. Can you hold our spot? No. No, I'm not going to hold your spot. This is general admission. You keep people there to hold your spot. You don't ask me to hold your spot because I'm taking it and I'm going to move up. That's the culture that I am from. Okay, that's that is the show culture that I come from. Bless your heart. Yeah, I am. You don't mess with me when it comes to being front row. I will kick you and I will hit you and I'll bite you. I've done it all. Don't try and get my spot, man. And I'm like, I'll just sit back here and listen. I'm cool. <laughs> I know. Yitzi's right. That That's the jersey in me coming out. You don't get between me and my barricade. That's uh-huh. right. Um, so I was there and, you know, they were like, oh, so we're going to play a D or no, this, that was another song that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, they were like, okay, so all day, every day, this one fan has been tweeting us on Twitter, asking us to play this song tonight. Every single one of us have gotten multiple, multiple tweets. So we're going to do it. And he was like, we haven't played this song in years. I'm sorry to interrupt you. What? Was it you? No, it wasn't. Okay. Okay. (laughs) No, it wasn't me. (laughs) I don't do that. Um, but no, so, he, they were like, this is a song off Mad Season called Mad Season. And I was in the fourth row. I flipped out, screamed, jumped so high. Rob looked over at me and the guitar player Paul looked at me and they both laughed because everyone else around me was basically standing there with their arms crossed. And I'm like, do you understand the significance of this? Ugh. Oh, my God. I died. So my first Matchbox 20 show after That's having awesome. like they never play it. They played it. That's awesome. And what a good song. I mean, it, it really is a good Song, good title track, uh, you know, song for that album. Obviously, wasn't one of their big hits off that album, but um, but I dig it. Again, it's one that it you you know use the term oozes out of your speakers. 
Yep. And it because it does. And you know, I, I go back to because I, I can't get out of my mind. Twitter, you know, you lose a little bit of your cred. I don't think you do. I don't think when you've got a group that is that is this devoted to the music and and the lyrics are, you know, they're edgy. They're a little bit. They're honest. You know, they're raw. Some of these lyrics are so raw. Yep. It, you know, the, it's rock and roll. It's just not headbanging rock and roll. Yeah. If you don't think lyrics like, I feel ugly, but I know I still turn you on. If you don't think that's rock and roll, that mm. lyric, go home. Just go yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we both lie silently here in the dead of the night. <laughs> every rose has its thorn. Come on. I, I love every rose has its thorn. But, you know, obviously there's not the complexity in some lyrics as there are in others, but I I, again, I can't get over these guys, and I love them. Now, you mentioned earlier that three out of the four albums we're talking about, we talk about the last the last track on there, mm-hmm. and um, and I went ahead and did this one before the other one because we both have because of our love for for the for the last track we'll talk about off of Mad Season. But um, this is the final track off of Mad Season. It's called "You Won't Be Mine." song a little bit one um one of my biggest regrets in life is uh not finishing the piano lessons that my mother made me take years ago uh (laughs) i love when someone just plays the piano like this and and it's that you know it's just that uh there's a term for what he's doing and the way he's playing the piano there and i can't think of what it is but you know just that kind of bar feel of, yeah. of 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 the piano playing, and again, I go back to it's almost like you've listened to the whole album, and now you're the last person hanging out in the little club where they were playing, and they're just kind of slowly jamming. Um, this song is a lot more overproduced than you think it is when you start hearing all the different little sounds and stuff that are being thrown in. But this song also, to me, sums up <laughs> the regret of leaving someone that you know you shouldn't have left. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're going to be great. You're going to do wonderful. You just won't be mine. 
and mm-hmm. and, it, and to me it's not a happy you won't be mine you know it's not like i'm done with you it's it's a <laughs> <laughs> it's like i believe in the greatest things for you but you just it, you know all the of all the things you'll be you won't be mine well when i saw him he played this song on the first night to which i died and screamed so loud there's actually a video of it on youtube and you can hear me <laughs> scream and it's kind of it's kind of sad but i didn't think he would play it so oh my god um, but he talks about how this this is a song that, you know, that that person still has all of the amazing qualities that you initially fell in love with and mm-hmm. attracted you to them. But now, because they are not with you and they're with someone else, all those qualities that you loved now make them the devil. Yes. And yes. it's like, I, I cannot stand anything about you. And it's like, yeah, I totally love that little, like, you know, that little hair flip that you would do. And now you're doing that hair flip and I want to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> It's just that whole thing, and I, I I love it. And this this is Rob's favorite song that he's ever written. Oh wow! Which I think is all like oh my god, talk about like angst and just you know, you know it's getting dark now in real life. It's you know eight twenty three, mm-hmm. and this that's the perfect time to listen to this song. Yes, like yes. when the sun's just setting a little bit and it's starting to get a little bit more blue out there. So good, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, I I also picture just a single spotlight on the stage. Yep, as that's what it was. As someone's sweeping the floor up, you know, and you're just kind of sitting there having the last drink of the night, and and everyone's gone but you and the and the piano player. <laughs> Single spotlight and him at the piano. Yes. beautiful sight. I got yes. pictures of it. Oh, cool. <laughs> I want I want to see that video because um, there are other podcast uh, related folks that have embarrassing videos of them out. Um, my good friend Derek Russell. From the no, season. I totally think I beat Derek. From oh, you beat the yes from Derek. Yes, you don't. Okay, Steve, I I'm from Jersey. Mm-hmm. I'm Italian. Mm-hmm. I'm very 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 loud. <laughs> and when I scream, I've heard people say like, "I thought you were getting killed." Oh wow! It's because one of, those of how kind. it's just a genuine like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm hearing this scream, and it kind of just filled up the entire Count Basie theater. <laughs> <laughs> whoopsie well um as we roll along the, that was the last track from mad season but for me it's not my favorite track from mad season and it's not the ultimate track to me off of mad season but um, this is <laughs> uh, yeah this this one is unless this is rob telling the story behind it uh the next song is uh this is one that, there's a couple songs black and white people is one of them and this song was written I'd say 10 years ago, but I think I've been saying that for like three or four years now, so it's got to be like 11 or 12 years ago. And, uh, but it, I, was, I, was, I was like 17 years old. I was hitchhiking from uh, Orlando to Daytona. That was my plan for the weekend. And, uh, and I met this girl, as you do when you're 17. And uh, we had this great week together, and, uh, and we were headed back to her place. That was a big plan. We were going to go to Tampa because she lived in Tampa. Somewhere on the middle of the road, she just stopped the car and, and kicked me out like it just she pulled over I was sleeping she, she opened the door she said listen this just isn't gonna work out and you know sorry and thanks for playing and she kind of kicked me out on the side of the road she, and she didn't even take me to my exit and I thought you know and uh and uh and it's funny because like when you're 17 everything you know you watch a lot of John Hughes movies and everything is you know a big affair of the heart and everything is huge and uh, and now you know not so much now it's just kind of a character building funny story but uh at the time, you know, that messed me up. So I wrote a song about it, and here it goes. Black and white people. 
slams on the brakes She said I tried to be here but I'm not So could you please collect your things Well I don't want to be cold, I don't want to be cruel But I gotta find more than what's happening with you And if you wanna open up the door This song almost ran me off the road. I, 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 literally, I'm listening to it, and um, you know, I'm like, all right, it's kind of a chill song. We'll listen. As you know, it's got that cool little uh, thing happening there with the, uh, you know, with the guitar and all, and, and the sound on it, and and then um, and then I realize, wait a minute, uh, rewind that, play it back. What? While you were sleeping, I was wondering what you're dreaming. It came to mind. I didn't care. And I'm like, what? And I just like, this is, that is so cold. She kicked him out on the side of the road. And of course, I had no idea the story behind it was actually based on a real thing. I'm like, this, just three miles from a rest stop? Just take him to the rest stop, you cold-hearted snake. And um, <laughs> and I'm just like digging this song so much. And I can't, the minute I get into town... One of the first things I said to one of my friends that I that we'd kind of hooked up, I got there about you know six seven in the evening. And I'm like, dude, you got to hear this song. It's the coldest song in the world. It is it is it is so cold. And like we're just listening. He's like, I can't believe that. You know, and we're just like, what is? Who writes this stuff? This is amazing. And that was just I this song ever since. And I absolutely just love this song. It's so good. Like okay. I have two things to say about this song. One, this song is the reason why you and I are, like, friends. It really is. Yes, it is. Like, I don't know if I posted lyrics on my Twitter and then you responded and we just started having, like, a Twitter war back and forth with it. <laughs> but th- this is, this is like, the basis for Rock Out Loud, guys. Me and Steve gushing over rest stop. <laughs> I, think, I think it was a Friday night show. A big honking show, and I was just like, "Here's one of the coldest songs ever, guys!" And I just played it, and you're like, "Ugh, rest stop!" And I'm like, "Kristen loves rest stop," and we just went from there because <laughs> it's so good. Oh my god, oh, so good! And then, like, second thing, because mm-hmm. I got to mention it because I talked about my first time seeing Matchbox. Another thing that happened at my first show was Kyle, the guitar player, stepped up to the mic and he's like, "We're gonna play a super deep cut right now for you guys because you know we love this venue and we love we love Jersey. We're gonna play a super deep cut." And what starts? But rest stop. Oh. And homegirl dropped dead. Talk about scream. I might have blown people's ears out around me. I don't really know. All I know is that I couldn't believe that I was hearing that song for the first time at my first show. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just incredible. I, yes. I can't believe it. I still uh, watch the video on, like, a weekly basis. I like, can't believe I saw this. It is. It is. 
and what's so funny is that because I've listened to it so much, it doesn't feel like a deep cut to me. I forget that it's, you know, that it's not the hit that I think it is because I love it and I listen to it so much. And, um, uh, I just, I love the song, everything about the, it's got a groove to it. It's got this, 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 the story to it. And it's just like, I feel it every time. I never stop feeling this song. Yeah. <laughs> It's impossible, and yeah. I feel like this is a song that we playing in like a John Hughes movie, or maybe like 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 John Hughes like Saint Elmo's Fire kind of, not mm-hmm. like the teen, more like the adult. But I feel like someone would be driving away like with a cigarette in their mouth, windows down, just like pensive listening to this song. Yes, yes. Now, Kristen, as we move into more than you think you are, I I'm getting to the point where I can't remember who picked what song. Oh, I do. Okay. um i think you picked this one because i remember thinking i wanted to pick i was going to pick this one is this is that correct is it hand me down yeah hand me down oh yeah this okay this is totally christian so um which says a lot which says a lot uh let's uh let's listen to a little bit of from more than you think you are hand me down in kind of a fast way mm-hmm. um just like with this song here and that's what initially drew me to it but again when you start to learn uh, for me when i start to actually pay attention and listen i'm like is he rooting for this person or is he dogging on this person what is the deal with <laughs> hand me down but i love this song because again it comes down to feeling it you know and it just comes down to his vocals, the way he sings, and what he's singing about, and and you just to me, and this is what this is me inferring on to the speaker in in the song, the the poem set to music, if you will. Um, I'm inferring that this is someone who's just like rooting for someone to quit living their life like a hand me down, yeah, you know, to 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 pick themselves up and and get on with being better than what they're being right now. So, like this song for me, it's just, I don't know. It's talking about how, you know, we were talking about 3 a.m. and, you know, the happiness is a mat that sits on our doorway. Like, I feel like this is very much a song akin to those kinds of lyrics mm-hmm. where yes. 
I feel like at every point, like someone has, like you felt like that you weren't good enough and people were trying to make you better than you were, but it, you weren't really comfortable being better than you were, but they told you that you had to be that way in order to like succeed and like get to that next level. So the fact that all of these lyrics are just like, like the bucket of feels like yes. it's so true where yeah. I just sit there and I'm like, yep. Yep. And, and yep. what, and, and what's so dangerous in talking about these things is we could start to get really real if we're not careful. Oh yeah, so, we totally could. <laughs> so like, and like again, like me and my bestie, like this song, we've had many, many nights where we have just like sat down and just gushed about this song and all kinds of craziness. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's just it's that whole like, I feel you, Rob. You, you're getting me, man. Yeah, you're, you're telling my story. You're telling my story through your music. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, this this next track off of more than you think you are and again i i guess i pulled the hit off of here um in my pick with unwell because like you took hand me down from me (laughs) (laughs) and so i'll go ahead and hit the hit i it's not the order i have it in here and i don't know why i had i don't know why the order is the order um on this particular album but um but this is uh this is their big hit off this album and i like it because it's got a banjo it's unwell conversations uh, I've had with people where they're like if you really knew me you wouldn't like me <laughs> um, you know not where I'm necessarily saying that but but they're saying that to me about themselves and I you know and that's what this song makes me think about you know is that it, it, two different things it makes me think about one is those kind of conversations and then the other one um, of someone who's just unwell because they're so tied up in a situation with somebody I always, I, I, maybe it's, again, I might be revealing way too much about myself of what I take from these songs, but that's kind of, that's kind of where I go with this song. And I, and again, the, really the big reason I dug this song so much is the banjo in it. Um, it's just, I, I love the way these guys play different things and, and put different sounds and different sounds on their guitars. I mean, we've heard in, in the songs that we've listened to so far, we've heard 
different sounds in each one from from it being a piano led song to more of an acoustic led song to having some distortion on electric guitar you know to whatever the case may be and uh and this to me is just one of those things that continue that trend to like for me unwell like how you like that's your take on it i take it as you know i'm a big fan of bands and songs that are like it's okay to be messed up because we're messed up and if you're like that weirdo oddball off the wall kind of person it's okay because we're up on stage and we're just like you like I love bands that do that hence my obsession with my chemical romance but anyway (laughs) (laughs) but like I just I love it and when Rob played this um last week he was talking a lot about that about you know it, everybody is messed up in some way. Like no one's perfect and everyone right. kind of has their little, their facade that they'll, you know, put out to the world when inside they're kind of, you know, messed up and everyone's a little bit, you know, battered and beaten up. So that's, that's why I love Unwell. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Uh, and like I say, that's, that is the biggest hit off of this album, I think. Um, yeah. Which is not to say it's not a good album. It's got, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, Hand Me Down is perfect. Um, you know, and, uh, and this is another great one that's off this album. It's Soul. song by the way i love the way it just kind of starts out and you're like all right are we are we sad again are we what is the deal here and then it hits that chorus and you're like you don't worry because you got soul ah it's so cool it's like a bunch of dudes just kind of hanging out and you know almost picking on their friend but also kind of it's the way we you know it's like hey don't worry you got soul and it's like my world is falling apart you know, but dude's just like, oh, that's cool. You got soul. And I kind of picture the scene from Top Gun where they're all like, you've lost that love and feeling. Yes. And they're all, you know, at the bar and drinking. <laughs> that's how I feel like soul would be. Like, we would all be at a bar and drinking, just like singing. Yes, it is such a good bar song. You don't worry. Um, 
yeah, such a good song. And it and it's so surprising when you hear it because you're thinking, all right, well, this is another one that's just kind of take you through. And then it hits that chorus and, ugh. This, this album's crazy because, like, this album for me, when we were picking songs, mm-hmm. this was the hardest album for me to narrow down to two. Yeah. And I don't know that it's my favorite album of theirs, but there was something that was like, oh, well, we could do that and talk about this. We could do that. And I'm just like, no. And Soul, as soon as you were like, yeah, we're going to do two from each other, I was like, all right, well, I'm taking Soul. Soul is <laughs> I'm picking it because I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. And there's a, um, Matchbox 20 has a DVD and it's just called Show, I, I like Show, an, an Evening with Matchbox 20, I mm-hmm. think it's called. Um, and at one point they're doing sound check because there's a documentary on there. Mm-hmm. They're doing a sound check and they're like, well, what do you want to play? What do you want to play? And I think Rob's just like, let's just do Soul. And they do it and it starts off as just him, like acapella. And oh. then it kicks into the band. Oh, my God. It's so that good. That is so cool. I need to see that. That's awesome. It's a great DVD because it's got their show from Atlanta. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> their show from Atlanta from the um, from this album's tour. And oh, it's just, it's damn good. Everybody should go out and get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the last song we picked off of this one. Uh, it's, you know, it it's kind of... Um, to me, it's kind of in line with Hand Me Down. It, it's kind of that same theme. Um, but uh, it's, I don't know. I dig this song because for some reason, I feel it, you know, the way I feel these other things. It's Bright Lights. She got out of town On a railway in New York bound To call except my name Another alien on Broadway Well, some things in this world you just can't change Some things you can't see until it gets too late And baby, 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 when all your love is gone Who will save me from all I'm up against out in this world? Enough to keep you, but if the bright lights don't receive you, you should turn yourself around and come on home. I got a hole in me now. Yeah, I got a scar I can talk about. I let it play to that uh, second verse, those first two lines of that second verse. I got a hole in me now. I got a scar I can talk about. You know, it goes back to some of that um, that that feelsy stuff we're talking about. And, and again, with just a groove. That song just has a groove to it. From the way it starts out, I'm a sucker for a synthesized organ in a song. <laughs> you know, I am a sucker for a piano when it's played well and used right. And uh, and again, and I'm a sucker for just the groove that this song has in, in the and and again the feeling it's a song that i feel and whether whether i relate to that much or not but i tell you anyone can relate to those first two lines of that second verse i've got a hole in me now yep i've got a scar i can talk about whether it's you know from a broken heart or from a just a stupid situation or a bad situation or whatever the case may be um and you get this you get that you know that that if someone's leaving you and you think they're leaving you for better, or they think they're leaving for better, you know, you're like, listen, well, you know, when you find out it's not that great, just come on home. 
you know, it's almost it's almost the right here waiting for you of today. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like knowing that you have you have that spot where it's like if you don't go out there and you don't be like everything you wanted to be and it's not everything you wanted it to be, there's always a place for you here kind of thing. And I love that. And I we talked about it on the um on the Bon Jovi podcast, especially with Born to Be My Baby, how yes. when when John will sing like at that like those there's a few parts where his vocals are just straining i mean when it gets the end of the song and you know rob's singing let that city take you in let yes. that city spit you out and let that city take you down for god's, god's sake turn, turn around. around oh yeah it's so good and mm -hmm. it's just like th this song too is the last song that he played last week oh yeah yeah he's his whole thing he's like i have a motto in life is whenever you go out no matter how many girls you dance with you always save the last dance for the date that got you there. The dance was the one that brought you. Yep. Yeah. So he was like, for he's like, this is out of all the, like the Matchbox songs, this is what he feels is like the most like encompassing of everything that they are. And everybody bum rushed the stage, and I was so bummed because I totally would have done it. But the first night I was in the balcony, and the second night I was dead center. <laughs> so there was about fourteen people on each side of me. I had to get through, oh. but I so would have bum rushed that stage and sang with him, man. And I was just like, I almost wanted to get up on my chair and throw my rock horns because I'm the it. horn thrower at shows. Or I'm like, yeah, I'm aware that this is Rob Thomas, but I'm throwing horns. There Suck you go. It. go. Yeah, cause this is rock and roll to me. Yeah, seriously, so. get over it. <laughs> uh, there. <laughs> It's funny to think that that these guys that Matchbox Twenty because Rob Thomas has been so prolific, you know, and, and done so much solo work and stuff, um, and and he just seems to be everywhere. Ever since ninety six, ninety seven, um, he's just seemed to be everywhere. And it's funny to think these guys only have four albums out in almost twenty years' time. Right, like that's unreal. Like when I remember when North came out. And she's so mean hit. And I was like, that sounds like Matchbox 20. What? And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, that's Matchbox 20. Oh, my God. And I was just I was so stoked. And, you know, we talk about how he's been around forever. And, like, he has so many huge hits. Like, there are so many hits that he is a part of. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, you and I were talking about Smooth the other day. And it's like, that song's just massive. And the fact that he has been, like, like, when I met him, he was so nice and like just very giving and like just the fact that he introduced himself he's like hi i'm rob like and shook my hand like most people are just like no yeah picture here like i've met band i've met musicians that are not even like a tenth as successful as he is that acted like yeah. they were you know mick jagger right and you're like really bro you've sold like two hundred thousand records which good for you but Come on, yeah. Like I just met Rob Thomas, and he was super, super, super cool. Well, stop. And it. I think I think that plays into some of his success too. Um, yeah. You know, it's you, if you're good, if you're nice, and you and you work hard, eventually, you know, something's got to happen. So good um, karma. But as, as as I was introduced to this fourth album actually by Matchbox Twenty, um, I I was flipping around and on uh, and I heard a commercial on on XM where they were talking about on channel such and such Matchbox Twenty introduces North, and I'm like. Oh, okay. And they're just kind of going through each track talking about it. You know, and they'd talk about the track, then they would play it. And I don't remember much of what they said. I just remember, I'm digging this music. I've got to get the new album. <laughs> and uh, and so this is one, I think this was your pick off yeah. of this. It's English Town off of North.
makes me think of a rock opera for some reason really yeah it does have that very like that ominous beginning yes and then yes. it bursts into that you know that super powerful chorus yes like, and then like when you listen to the lyrics i kind of feel that it's that kind of you know down in the dumps you know hey this is real life da da da, da but eventually like the sun comes up you yes. know the sun will break yeah. like there'll always be a tomorrow and you know, I I dig that. <laughs> I, I I dig the song. To me, you know, as you walk through all of these all of these tracks, and and we've just picked four off of each album, um, but as you walk through these albums, and you you know you go back to starting at what their first big hit was, three a.m., and then you hear something like English Town. It's like you talk about a band that has progressed and evolved, but they did so without being shockingly so. As I said at the outset, that you know they never shocked you with some new and different sound but it was a gradual evolving into having albums that are produced like this one is with a song like english town that is just it's it's full there's a lot going on you know not just not just lyrically but musically as well and um and it's and it's a it's it's matchbox 20 sincerely grown up you know mm-hmm. i feel like that's a big thing too where it's like you have to have confidence, especially, I mean, let's be real. Music in 2013 when this album came out isn't necessarily, you know, the fertile soil for Matchbox 20. Like who would have thought that Matchbox 20 would come out with a record in 2013 that would still be as relevant as it was in 1996? Right, right. You know, I mean, it's not as bad as it was in the 90s where, you know, 90s bands completely just dismissed everything that came prior to it. But... I mean, people aren't like, yeah, man, I love, I love the ni- 90s nostalgia, man. I-, I feel like a lot of people are like, no, it's nostalgia. And this album came out and it was just like, hey, guess what? Still relevant. Still awesome. Still creating. Still evolving. Yeah. Still still doing something new and fresh. Yeah, not resting on their laurels and putting out, you know, another 12, 3 a.m.s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, doing what they want to do with it. And I love the fact that, I mean, I was sent you one of the, one of the videos I sent you where – you know, they said that they didn't even tell their record company that they were making this album for like a year until they knew, like, okay, we know the direction we're going to go with it. Right, right, right. It's yeah, uh, there. It's and it's good to have. It's so neat to see people when they have that kind of control. That they're like, all right, we're just going to do this, and, and we're going to do it our way, and um, and everyone else can suck it. So, uh, and I'll tell you, you want to talk about doing things your way. This next song, I was so glad that you were okay with me putting this next song in the in the in the rotation because. It's so much fun. 
It is. It's so good. And it's and it's just what and it's what I look for more than anything else in music. Can I have fun with it? And this is this I can. It took me a minute on this song, um, the first time I heard it, because I was like, "Oh, well, this sounds like sounds like everything that's coming out nowadays." You know, it sounds like. But uh, the more I listen to it, the more I'm like, "No, this sounds like what everything that's coming out should sound like." Seriously. Um, you know, to to uh, I, you can't help but dance to it, you know, and 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 you can't help but do what they say. Put your hands up, you know, and um. It's just so much fun, and that's what it's meant to be. And and I think that that, to me, is one of the cooler things about the evolution of this group is, you know, they've still got the angsty, they've still got the emotional, but it's like, you know what, let's just have some fun, too. And boom, in this one and in our next pick, it's boom, here it is. Yeah. This song, too, amazing live song. Oh, I, I mean, what what would you think? Like, what would make you think this wouldn't be an awesome live track? Oh. Like, they kill it. They had, like, our, there was a crazy light show that they did. And they were like, all right, so everybody now, you're going to shake it, right? And I was like, oh, I know what this is. I'm so down. I'm so down. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, shaking it. Done. I'll shake it, Rob. Done. Shaking it. and another one that i dig and gosh i should have pulled the audio for this and i just i i kind of ran out of time because i I needed to clean it up a little bit more because it was taken off of someone's phone and i and i wanted to try to clean it up before i put it on but it's it's radio off of north and i'm telling you Kristen, I, i just don't know that you were there i think you were a little bit behind the curve to really experience fully what my boy's talking about because he talks about you know there was a time when making a playlist meant sitting by your radio, trying to make sure it's tuned in just for me in little rural South Georgia, trying to make sure the station you're listening to is tuned in just right. So there's not too much static, <laughs> you know, and, and having the blank tape in there, the Memorex, if you will, and mm-hmm. just waiting for your song to come on and hoping that the DJ doesn't talk too much over the intro. I was totally around for for a little bit of it. Do yeah. you want? Can you guess what band was the ba- was the first band that I did that to? I would say, hmm. knowing everything you know about me, Steve, I what mean, would be the I, first? I band immediately that I want would to jump to Bond. I immediately jumped to Bon Jovi or Def Leppard. It's Def Leppard. Okay. <laughs> it was pour some sugar on me. Oh, nice, nice. And I called into the radio station and I lied and I said that it was my aunt's birthday and that it was her favorite song. Nice. And just so they would play it, and they did, and I recorded it. And it was good. I hear you. That's that's awesome. I um, I used to. I mean, I would. I'd sit there with with the tape, and I became a mixtape 
connoisseur and master because there was a trick to it, you know, with the cassette tapes. And you've heard everyone tell this, that you, you had to time it out just right. And I didn't go for the 30 minutes on either side. I went for 90-minute tapes, you know, where you got 45 <laughs> minutes on either side. And you had to and you had to figure out, well, do I have enough time on this to try to get this other song? Because you don't want to have to do the thing where you slip, flip it in the middle of the song and you miss about 20 seconds of song while you're getting it flipped and, and, and recording again. And you also don't want too much dead air on the end of the tape. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, it was just so, it's a magical time. You know, I mean, it was it was Napster before Napster because then you'd take your mixtapes and you you know pass them around, share them with friends, that sort of thing. But um, but this song is, is just so cool about you know it's to me it you know that's it's the it is the uh, the inspiration that type of that that lifestyle and doing those things as kids that it's the inspiration for this song. And again, to me, it's just a fun song. It's radio. say about this before i turn it over to you Kristen, is um i love the 80s sound of this song uh, it, yeah i mean it's an 80s sounding song and i completely dig there are songs that have come out in in the past 10 years or seven or eight years rather that i have downloaded and kept around simply because i don't know anything about the artist i don't care much about any of their other work but this particular song will sound like an 80s song and I just keep it because it sounds like an 80s song, and it's like they're producing new 80s music. Lady Gaga's, um, uh, uh, gee whiz, see, I can't even think of the title of the song. Uh, Edge, <laughs> Edge of Glory. You know, oh, okay. You throw in the it, the way it starts and the way it, it, it goes into things, and it has the sax solo. I'm like, sounds like an 80s song. Done. Um, even uh, Leona Lewis's Bleeding Love that came out several years ago. I dug that song. Not because I felt it necessarily, but I'm like, sounds like an 80s song. All right, I'll keep it. And this is one of those songs, the minute I heard it, I'm like, oh, thank you, Matchbox 20, for doing an 80s song. <laughs> <laughs> I think th- I, they had to have intentionally done that, too, because, I mean, they're talking about writing a song that, you know, the whole mixtape thing, that was such an 80s thing, mm-hmm. where it was like, that was such a part of the culture as, like, kids and youth, and it's like, they had to have been like, we're going to make this song sound like the songs that we heard on the radio when we were kids. Yes. And you and know, they do. They do a great job of it. I'm they did. It, it's got, I could pull two or three songs right now that you'd be like, that it's like this fits right in with those things, you know? Uh, but I won't, I won't. <laughs> well, it's that whole, like, you know, everything comes around again and it took a while for the eighties to come back, but now they're here. It and, took it took and a we while can say for them. I told you so. <laughs> yeah, it took a while for them to come back. Is not a joke. Yeah, seriously. And uh, you know, and it, it'll be interesting to see if the '90s does that. Ugh. So, uh, 
Uh, the last track we've got uh, of these guys is oh, oh yeah. Oh, I love this. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's so good, so good. And it is it is the last track off of North, right? Yeah. I'm not looking at the album listing right now. Uh, it's sleeping at the wheel. tracks on the other ones are it's got that driving you know kind of bass drums and stuff going in the background but um it's still it, you know it never gets past that it never builds beyond that too much and it and and again it's just that message of you know we're just sleeping at the wheel it, it's it, it almost is kind of the same message as hang in a way to yeah me of just kind of being stuck just you're going through the motions you're just uh you're just doing you know you're just sleeping at the wheel and I think too with this song, it's kind of like stop sleeping at the wheel. Yes, like yes. get up, be be aware of what's going on around you, and actually live in the moment. Like just because someone tells you to feel a certain way, that doesn't mean you have to feel that way. Yeah, it's okay to have your own opinion. And th- this is a song too. They they played it at the first show that I saw, and I, it was it was odd because this is a song you wouldn't expect this to be a live song because of how mellow it is. Mm-hmm. But then that drum kicks in where it's like you know that I was in the dazes and I was losing my place. I was screaming out at everything, and it's just the drums just building. Yes. Oh my god! It was such a moment. <laughs> Geeking so out, cool. geeking out about live shows. I love it. Know. I love it. I love it. And Can we uh, also give a shout out to Lakehead in the chat? Like, did you see he was like, is this all Matchbox 20 stuff? Because I'm digging it. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is all yes. Matchbox 20 stuff. Um, is North the best album? Is there a greatest hits? I think they do have a greatest hits There out. is. It's called Exile on the Mainstream. Mm-hmm. And it has six new songs on it like that weren't done before. And then North came out after that. So there is a greatest hits, and you should buy it. But you should also buy all the actual albums because they're so good. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. They have six songs that weren't released on any other. Yeah, that are just on Exile on the Mainstream. Huh. Yeah. Well. Um. Like you know the song. What what just happened? Sorry. Wait a minute. Oh my lanta! What just happened there? I hit the wrong thing. I am terrible tonight at the producing. We had such high hopes for this. Oh, um, and I screwed it all up. But the song How Far We've Come, that's off of Exile on the Mainstream. Do you remember that song? No. Oh, 
the chorus, you would like it too because it's really super fast. Like the chorus is like, I believe the world is born into oh, the yes, ground. Oh, yes, yes, I do, yes. Yeah, that's off Exile on the Mainstream. I, that that was was I thought that was just a Rob Thomas song. No, that's a Matchbox song. Well, my Lanta. <laughs> six songs. See, there are six Matchbox 20 songs out I, there that you don't know about. Exactly. Or at least five of them. You know how far we've come. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, okay. I know. Okay. All right. Well, I know what I'm using my iTunes money for next time I have iTunes money. So. <laughs> See, I got my quota of one time blowing your mind. That's, Every episode, I have to blow your mind one time. I can't believe that I didn't realize. I mean, it's an album I've just overlooked time and time again because I'm like, oh, it's just the greatest hits. I've got it. <laughs> I've got all their CDs. There's no need, you know. CDs. I'm still living in the '90s, by the way. Uh, CDs. I got their CDs. I'm st you. I'm such an old man. It's like I'm so hip. I'm talking no, about CDs. No, I love CDs. it because I I have a lot of I have a ton of CDs, and then I just put them in my iTunes so I can get the best quality. Yep. I'm that person. I'm, I'm the same <laughs> way. I'm the same way. I've got. And the thing is, I've got a lot of crap that I never listen to anymore. You know, it's like it's so funny to like. Why did I? I look at things. I'm like, why did I buy this? <laughs> what is what is this junk that I have on the CD shelf? Why is this there? What am I thinking? What was I thinking? Who am I? But you'll never get rid of it. That's right. That's, <laughs> I won't because it's like I may decide I like it one day. <laughs> All right. Well, Kristen, your final thoughts about uh, our, our boys, Matchbox 20. Love and like those people that are like they're not rock da 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 like whatever man expand your horizons because lyrically they are incredible they have stood the test of time they're still around their last album debuted at number one Ugh, they're they're just so damn good and I'm so happy that I live in a time where I can actually see them live <laughs> yes yeah in the in their prime by the way not. Right, seriously, it's not like, oh yeah, they, I mean, it did come out in 96, but it's like, oh yeah, like, they were out like 30 years ago, they're alright now. It's not like Kiss. Ooh, Ooh. sorry. Mm. <laughs> and with that, uh... <laughs> I will say this about Matchbox 20, that they have ridden many miles with yours truly up and down the road, and uh, I've never felt like they had to be a guilty pleasure. I've never felt like um, I lose any cred for digging Matchbox 20, no matter what the people on the Twitter say. And um, and it was so cool just to sit here for two hours and do nothing but geek out about Matchbox with you, Kristen. This is a good one. I, I agree. I think it's been good. And, and we have more. You're headed to Vegas, though. I am at the end of the month. I hear you. Well, and I'll be headed down to Orlando at the same time, so... We'll be holding down different ends of the country. Oh, yeah. That's we'll come back with stories. There, well, I've, I'm sure yours will probably be a little more should stay in Vegas than mine. But, you know, <laughs> I'm going to freaking Disney World for Star Wars weekends, for crying out loud. Hey, but I'm going for work, so oh, okay. can't do well, too much. There you go. There you go. Well, we want to thank everyone who's joined us in the live chat. It's uh, at Mixler.com slash Big Show. Uh, we do the Big Honkin' Show there live, and we do all of our Gulliver shows live, Geek Out Loud, Rock Out Loud, and Mark Out Loud. And uh, you can check us out anytime. Check out geekoutonline.com, and you'll find there a list every week. You'll find the recording schedule from Monday through Friday, and uh, and that's that's how you know what's coming up and what's going to be going on. Follow us on Twitter, Rock Out Loud Pod on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash rockoutloudpodcast. A lot of good conversations and stuff happening on both those places. 
And of course, you can email us at rockoutloudpodcast at gmail.com. Rockoutloudpodcast at gmail.com. iTunes is being stupid and won't give us our feed. But you can subscribe manly by heading manly. You can be manly. You can subscribe. <laughs> you can subscribe manually by going over to geekoutpodcast.com. And up on the top, there's a place, there's a page that says the Goliverse. And in there, just right click on the link for Rock Out Loud and copy it into your iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. And you can subscribe directly to Rock Out Loud that way. We've got t shirts coming, so save up. We'll let you know more about those as they hit and are, and are ready to be sold. And if you head over to geekoutonline.com, you'll see Amazon links there that we appreciate if you click and help support the shows. But also in the show notes at geekoutpodcast.com, you'll find places where you can download the songs we've talked about uh, through Amazon, and that helps support the show. I've had a blast this time. Can't wait to see what we've got coming down the pipe next time on Rock Out Loud. Kristen, thanks so much for being a part of this show. As always, a pleasure. That's going to do it for us here on Rock Out Loud. Until next time, I'm Steve. I'm Kristen. Rock on, guys. Rock on. Bye.